So here's what happened as a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. You're joined by me, Nisha. And me, Carolyn. And yeah, so it feels like it's been a while. I just feel, I think it's because like a lot has been going on (laughs) in between the last time we put out an episode, but we put out other episodes featuring Carolyn. Yes. Carolyn, if you want to tell people why you've been so busy. Um, I was at TIFF in September. So the first weeks of September, I was at the Toronto International Film Festival in Toronto here, of course. And I had a blast. It was great. I screened um, a bunch of films, met a whole new set of um. Uh, film critics and like Twitter friends and I had a really really mm-hmm. good time but yeah so September was super busy for me in the beginning <laughs> yes it was so awesome like first off I felt special because being the person that's the editor for our, our show I got to listen to like all your interviews before everybody else did and if you guys haven't heard them I highly recommend them please go listen to them all of them were great Carolyn is just super hella charming thank you and (laughs) you're welcome I was just like I was so jealous that I could not see these movies that y'all were talking about but it's like it made me very hyped to hopefully see them soon yes Um, I hope you get to see them soon and one day I'm sure you'll hopefully join me at TIFF one day (laughs) and we can maybe do like like broadcast that'd be great oh my god You know what? Add it to the list of goals. That would be so much fun to do, like, a live broadcast. Yes. List of Hmm? goals and we're speaking it into being. Yes, we will speak it into existence. We it is gonna happen, um, and then also I can meet Mahersha Ali because mm-hmm. you got to ask him a question. I saw that video too. Just like Carolyn was everywhere, y'all. I was. I was so happy that I got to ask the question. I was like, yes, <laughs> great, so great. I'm gonna try and find a way to clip that so we can like sh- reshare it oh, too. Because yeah. I, I yeah, yeah, I thought it was a really good question. Thank you. Um, Okay, but let's get on to this episode. So again, just I'm going to keep plugging those episodes of Carolyn Talks. So y'all go, there's plenty of them out now. Go listen to them. But let's get into this episode and let's talk about what we read for the month of September. Carolyn, I'm going to let you start off. Okay, so for the month of September, I technically haven't read a full book. Now, in our last episode, I mentioned reading If Beale Street Could Talk by... by I'm drawing a blank. What's wrong with my brain today? Um, by James Baldwin. No, I know who you're talking. Yes, by Baldwin. James Baldwin. And I mentioned that I hadn't read the whole book, but I was looking forward to Barry Jenkins' adaptation of the book. And I saw mm-hmm. the film at TIFF, and it was I was blown away. It's beautiful. It's moving. It's emotional. It's everything that you want. There are scenes that make that I cried. I had tears pouring pouring on my face. And this is not an exaggeration. There were people that were sitting next to me that were crying. Like everyone had tears in their eyes and it was a very emotional experience as a black woman and I think he did a fantastic mm. job of adapting the book from what I read um, there are scenes that he when you're reading for me when I was reading the book I visualized it but as I said in the last episode a lot of the dialogue is mm-hmm. internal that is, is Tish's internal dialogue and she's a protagonist and I was wondering how is he going to adapt this book to screen because there's not that much visual description and I think okay. he did a fantastic job in bringing her work her, not only her words to life but showing everything from her perspective and as a man I think he did a fantastic job of showing um, of of show of showing respect to female characters not only to Tish but to her mother mm. and her sisters and there's other characters 
in the book and he did a fantastic job of giving of being respectful to the storylines because one of the storylines deals with rape mm-hmm. and he does a very a fantastic job being thoughtful in how he approaches it and how it's filmed and how it's shot and and one of the things I loved is the music like I'm a very I'm, a, I'm an auditory learner so um one yeah. of the things that when I'm watching films that I pay attention to is the score sometimes some scores they like you hear them but then like they don't really impact you but the score for this film um was amazing mm-hmm. and the, the and the Composer Nicholas Bertal, he's the same one who worked on Moonlight, and there's a theme in the and in, there's a theme that runs throughout the film, and I call it Tish and Fanny's theme, and I mentioned it in my review that. I think mm-hmm. it brings to life the the story and like it does fantastic and like it's it's it, it may sound um, like hyperbole when I say it, it devastates you or heals you, but the way that this this music just makes you feel and made me feel was amazing and I could I could picture myself reading the book now and listening to the score at the same time and like maybe being able to like relate to the book because I think it's interesting when you read books and you don't connect with the characters but when you watch the film adaptation and you can connect to them right so I think that's fantastic and mm-hmm. um and I think Barry Jenkins is an amazing visual storyteller and he uses visuals really well to like give to like show you who the characters are without going into exposition. Like we know that Fonny's a sculptor and he the way Barry Jenkins uses light and shadow to and the way he moves the camera around Fonny, like it's like a sculptor it's like a sculptor moving around his own work of art, right? So like there's a shot mm. where Fonny is in his workshop and he's carving up a piece of wood and he's moving around the the, the wood. Like he's like looking at it from different angles. And as he's doing that, Barry Jenkins, the cameraman and the operator, is moving around funny like he's a sculptor looking at his own work of art right so uh, so it's very interesting to see and like you get like that sensibility of an artist admiring the work and f- trying to figure out how he's going to shoot and how he's going to create this this sculpture so it's, be- it's beautiful and he uses cigarette smoke like I'm not a smoker but the way he uses smoke and sh- to like to go like there's a shot that's like stunning like with cigarette smoke I'm like whatever I like like Go light, a, go light some instance I try to recreate a shot because it's beautiful um, and so the only other book I'm reading I started reading today is um, a book called Rafe by Rebecca Witherspoon and it's a interracial romance mm-hmm. and it deals with a male nanny or manny and I'm like as I'm reading this book I'm like where's my lord where's my Rafe <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't have kids, but you know, where's mine? <laughs> that's all I have to say. I haven't finished it, but yeah, but that's that's my synopsis. Where's mine? Rebecca Witherspoon is great at creating like fantastic characters that you relate to. So, yeah, I just wanted to remind us. <laughs> nice. Oh, that sounds really good. I'm excited to see if Bill Street could talk for sure. Because, like, to your point about what you said about people taking like the female experience and handling it with a certain amount of care. Like, and I say that as in, like, when men take the female experience from a book, that is kind of one of my concerns of, like, just in previous years recently, like, looking at Acrimony, is it Acrimony or whatever, that movie with Tyler Perry yeah. and Taraji. Oh, is that based on a book? I was just like, oh. no, but it was, it was just like, I've kind of, I've gotten to the point where when men are telling a, like a, a, a movie if it's like in a book or if it's like comic books like for sure like because we've seen it done with like Misty Knight right. and then like how like the the author's words aren't the same as the character's words and it's like you this character's built up to be this way so it's kind of like for me when I saw I can't remember if it's Akramani Akramani yeah. whatever 
Okay, acrimony. Yeah, and it was just like I was just really disappointed because I'm like, you just continually to use like women as like the, these characters who are unhinged and like that's not what black every black woman has to go through to be unhinged and hurt and angry and mad and toxic. I'm just like, yes, those are emotions any woman can feel, but it's just like, oh my god, you can tell when like this could have benefited from a woman's touch. Exactly, but it. it but it is nice to know to your point that like Barry Jenkins it shows that he takes the time mm-hmm. and the effort to really like get that experience across the film and it doesn't come off of, from his point of view of what she should feel exactly because um, I remember after the screening there was a Q&A and I wish I had the opportunity to ask a question but I was like standing to the wings so I wasn't um, able to ask a question but um, there's uh, there's a scene with um, Regina Kane's character Sharon and she's Tish's mom mm-hmm. and this lady called Victoria played by um, Emily Rios and so um, there's I'm not going to give the full scene away it's in my review but it doesn't explain everything that happens because you really have to see it to get to grasp it but there's a scene where mm-hmm. like there is like a very emotional it's very tense and angry and sad scene at the same time and um I remember Regina King was saying that she started to refer to her to the um while she's acting she started to refer to um Emily playing Victoria as sister and that wasn't in the script but she just felt in her she just felt it in her to say um sister and she just like and I thought it was so and, and like that broke me because like you you have these two women trained to to connect with each other and one of them just instinctively refers to like they're two women of two different races like emily is um latina she's from puerto rico and um but like she's still connecting to her as a woman but barry jenkins as a director he just let her roll with it right like he's like i'm gonna leave this in i'm just gonna see where this scene goes and like how this dialogue goes and I think it's great that he let them and that he let them do what they needed to do in that scene to 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 find their way in the scene. And I think that's a sensibility that a lot of male directors don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and mentioning a film like Acrimony, like I haven't seen it, but I've seen enough of Tyler Perry's films to know exactly what happens. And even if yeah. you have, like as you said, like in all, the majority of his films, like practically all of them, all of the women are broken yeah. and there and there's something. Like there's some devastating thing that happened in their life, and they and yes, we all go through. There's like there's moments in our lives where we feel broken. But the thing is, is that even if you have a character that has a situation where her life is in the way she wants it, and it's like she feels like she's like at the bottom of a well, looking up. It's the way you handle the situation, right? And he, to me, mm-hmm. doesn't handle it well. Like the way he writes them and he directs them. Like you can sometimes see the actor, the actress is trying to fight. They were, they were like trying to make this scene into more. Yeah. But it's like his direction is like this is what I want it to be, and like it's all the same. And the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like. Not to discredit the work he's done that's been good, but for sure, like, and I mean, I had to see that movie because I lost a bet, which I'm not happy. I'm like, I, w- I have a strict rule about his movies. It's like, I'll let them come on Netflix before I watch them. I, like, I don't go, I don't flock to the theater to see a Tyler Perry movie. I will admit he does good work, but it's just like, I am tired of seeing him, like, loving the idea of unhinged black mm-hmm. women. And they all have the same toxic issues and they all can't let go or they need a good man to come into their lives and help heal them, which I'm just like, you know what? That could be true for so many people is that they just need a person to come into their lives and heal them. But at the same time, I don't want to see a movie about a black woman where she's always like broken and beaten and hurt 
and like at her work and like I, oh it is t- it is exhausting like i'm like i, I want a little escapism just a little yeah, bit yeah it's like yeah i'm just tired i haven't watched like i haven't watched acrimony i'm trying to remember the last film he did before that you don't have to you don't yeah, have to. to it'll frustrate yeah, you it'll, it'll frustrate yeah, me and it'll annoy me and it's like mm, i'm tired moving on like dude like not even taraji could save it so oh, yeah taraji no, you're good she deserves more yeah <laughs> she does i hope she does get more god bless her heart um Great. Well, I look forward to checking that out. I, I definitely need to read the book for sure. Because, like, from what you've told me, I really no, want to read it. No, I think it's a great book, but it's out. not for me. Or maybe I think, as I had said um, mm. previously, I think maybe I wasn't in the right headspace for it. So I'm mm. thinking um, I'll try reading it. As I said again, I, I would love to get the score. Like, try reading it with the score and see how okay. that helps me because I think it might help me because sometimes if I watch a film based on a book and I watch the film first and watch and read the book it helps me but then mm-hmm. some days it doesn't but I'm thinking in this case it might help me to like get through the book <laughs> I'll try because I really don't okay. want to finish it I really I, I hate starting books and not finishing them like that's one of my biggest peeves so I have gotcha. to finish that and um the last expanse book that I did not finish read either gotcha yep. okay cool um, was that it for your read yes. corner? Maybe that's what we should call them, our, our read corners. corners. <laughs> so so okay. what did you read? Um, I read My Hero Academia. So it's a manga. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Um, I just I needed something else to read after for a little bit. Just something. And funny enough, you mentioned about like stopping and then not finishing something. So I had stopped reading this manga when it first came out just because I was like, I don't feel like being all caught up. I'd rather like read a bunch of chapters when they're all out at yeah. once. So I am completely caught up now. Um, and My Hero Academy, if y'all don't know, um, that's a, it's also an anime, but I'll just read the synopsis real quick. What if 80% of the population manifested superpowers called quirks at age four? Heroes and villains will be battling it out everywhere. Being a hero would mean learning how to use your power, but where would you go to study? The Hero Academy, of course. But what would you do if you were one of the 20% who were born quirkless? Izuku Midoriya wants to be a hero more than anything, but he hasn't got an ounce of power in him. With no chance of getting into the prestigious UA high school for budding heroes, his life looks more and more like a dead end. Then an an encounter with the number one hero, All Might, gives him the chance to change his destiny. So... Yeah, I know. I just rambled off a lot no, right no, there. That's, that's a good synopsis. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah. So basically, I think if people who love the Marvel movies, superhero movies, the genre, and but you are tired and you just kind of like need something to refresh your passion for superheroes, I think this is the right book for you. Like, if you enjoy superhero stories, but you're tired of seeing the same tropes, I really encourage you to read the read this series because. I kind of like read this after after Infinity War and then I picked it back up again to finish it just because I was like, I want something different. I don't really feel like reading a comic book. I don't feel like reading DC or Marvel because I feel like I always have to go and read a different crossover book to catch up with a full story. But this one is just one, you know, manga. You can just read each chapter and there's not really any crossovers. So I like that about reading manga when it comes to comics. But it's just a really fresh take on superheroes and like the idea and I say this because like the All Might is the main is the is the number one hero in the book um 
in a series and he really comes off as like this westernized figure of superheroes of like what a superhero is it's like if you took superman and captain america and threw them together right it's like that like that's what you could imagine all might is he even has like his special moves are named after like the states from the united states like yeah it's just i think he's i think it's to the call the show how and it's oh that's another thing he's very campy mm. like he's not some tor- like he he has a reason to have a tortured soul um which he kind of does in the book as you read on but i think it's nice that because his whole thing is like i oh, i wish i had read in deeper but i think i remember reading it somewhere once before is that the author kind of wanted him to make him this epitome of campiness of like what a superhero is so he always smiles whenever he jumps into a place he's like i am here and it's like (laughs) it sounds right we get it (laughs) it sounds it sounds so corny but as you read on and you learn more about all my you understand that he does that because he he wanted to be a symbol of hope and as the number one hero that's what he gives people he gives them hope like so Midoriya is his biggest fan and they run into each other and Midoriya like is like crying to him he's like I don't have a quirk Every, everybody else around me has a quirk I get picked on I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life and the quirk a quirk is a superpower and All Might basically takes him under his wing and spoiler but not not so much of a spoiler All Might tells him I didn't have a quirk either right but I can help but I can give you mine you can be my you can be my successor right so he's gonna get, he gives his quirk to him. That doesn't mean he's instantly gonna lose his powers, but basically means that he will train him up to be his successor. So when he is no longer when he loses his power eventually, then Midoriya will take his place as the new symbol of hope. Mm. Yeah, I think um, so, I, I think I've seen a lot of people on my Twitter um, telling me talk about mm-hmm. him right here. Academia is there a character in their in their name best genius? Mm. Wait, what's the name? Best Gen- Best Genus. Oh yes, Best Genus. That, oh, that's Girl. from that character. That character <laughs> makes me want to read that manga or watch the. If you, I think read there's it. a thing, right? And I think there's a show too, right? I, yeah, you can actually. I mean, it's an anime, so I mean, like in the anime and the manga, pretty spot on of each other. Like, well, first off, the manga came first, but the anime is pretty spot on for the manga. Yeah which I really like. They're not trying to jump too far ahead, but they are pretty much neck and neck with each other as far as like a chapter comes out and then you see that episode. So I think the se- it's a season behind the manga. So by season four, there'll be like another volume out. Oh, okay. That, for the next... But, um, just looking at that character makes me want to watch it because I'm like, why is his... <laughs> why does he have his face all up his face? Why does face? he have jeans on his face? <laughs> But see, that's like the best part about like these heroes and the designs, and it's just like everything is so unique. It's like not. I think it's because I love superheroes so much, and like it, Marvel has been killing the game for years, right? And I feel like Mar- for a lot of people, Marvel looks like it's the only way that heroes can be. But then when you go and read something and watch something like this, it really like opens your eyes and like, oh my god, there isn't a limit to like what a hero has to be like. And I think that's kind of like 
the takeaway from it is like people think the superhero the superpowers are limited to like flight and strength and speed where it's like oh no you got you got somebody who can create things out of their stomach like she can literally create something out of her stomach you got a girl who can control gravity you have a boy who has just like this super long thick tail for i still don't i I don't understand what his tail is for it's just there um you got a boy whose sweat is explosive (laughs) his sweat so the more he sweats he can be explosive like he can control it it's like like nitroglycerin or something (laughs) um but then it also talks about like like as you get into the chapters more it talks about like what does it mean to be a hero and what does it mean to be a villain because then it gets into like this whole philosophy thing of like people who felt like they were rejected and never had a chance to be heroes because of their quirks because their quirks didn't like align with what a hero could be they feel rejected so they turn to being villains yeah so I think and then vice versa it's like hero it's like they in the school it's like the school is meant to help kids hone their powers but it's kind of like man if you go to school and they kind of like decide like oh no you can't be a hero and it's really that cutthroat it's like oh your power is no good you can't be a hero yeah so I mean it's really good I've been enjoying it it's great I mean if y'all don't like to read go watch the anime but the manga is really good too um it gets it's it's deeper than it seems so you might get in your feelings sometimes um yeah so it's great um that's my read (laughs) um okay and so then into but then oh but then before I move on but that's the thing with um with mangas right like and anime like a lot of them they seem superficial on the surface but mm-hmm. then you realize they have a lot of deep storylines too right um oh for sure like I think I mean in our first episode I talked about Attack on yeah. Titan and I, I, that was a horrible mistake because it, there's just too much to unpack there <laughs> but to my point there's just like there's a lot to unpack in some of these manga and anime um shows because man they be getting you they think they have you thinking it's about one thing but as you read on you realize oh shit this is really dark and it's getting me in my feelings or it's just the message comes across really well of like whatever they're trying to teach somebody yeah that's and that's i think that's what makes um well, not only anime but um comics and cartoons like if they're really well done like there can mm-hmm. be more than just the art yeah. and, and um there was this anime i used to watch years ago and i very few people I, i've ever met that know it it's called big o and yes i did watch big, big o. o oh my god yes oh, wait. i think my thing just broke hold on <laughs> wait this thing that i You're i'm good. sitting on this thing i'm like i hope it didn't go. okay didn't break um but yay i mean you watch big o oh my gosh i loved big yes. o so freaking good it was like batman but a bit better yes oh my god like batman the animated series oh my god now i got i now i want to go watch i Big don't o. even know i have to find i let me look at i don't even remember me even find to see if it's streaming but i love big O. but listen oh, it's like <laughs> so good i mean like it was like somebody took batman the animated series and cowboy bebop and put them together yes I don't know much about Cowboy Bebop. I've seen like a few episodes of Cowboy Bebop, but yes, Mm -hmm. that is like the perfect, yes. (laughs) 
I mm. love that card. I love so that movie so much. I used to watch it because I used to show. So um, good. I would watch Gundam Wing and then I would watch that. It, like they showed that mm-hmm. um, like one right after the other on my on the channel that I used to watch because it, I think it was like anime evenings or whatever because it would be like Dragon Ball Z then it would be so oh, the tsunami then block. it would be yeah. um, then it would be Gundam Wing then it would be oh and listen that dude's here mm-hmm. I'm googling to remember his name uh he was Roger he was Roger Smith yes that was his name Roger Smith I think that was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I yes. want to see if I have to find it because it's on from 1999 to 2003. I don't think we got the full all to all the seasons in Barbados, but oh, I don't think we even I got think, the full seasons. It wasn't on that long because I only remember it being a season long. It's two. I'm looking here on IMDb and it says there is two seasons because it's on from 1999 to 2003. So it was two seasons. Okay. But the thing I loved about that show is that it made you think because he's this guy he's super rich like Batman and like he, he the, the way he went and fought about crime was very subversive because he he all like Batman Batman like fights himself but he used a robot which was big O and then there's this whole other thing about identity because he had a psychic which was um, Dorothy um, where she mm-hmm. for the longest time you couldn't tell is she a is she an android is she a robot is she half human is she is she is she is she full human but has like but she's like super introverted and she doesn't know how to interact people like you like you like where like where it stopped showing Barbados like I never got to the point where it's like you it was revealed if she was human or not and I love that because oh, she, she was. was human right oh sorry but, she, but, but the way she yeah. acted and interacted you were like is this chick for real like is she literally is she like a freaking AI is this something he created mm-hmm. and I thought it was super interesting because at, at that age because 1999 I would have been around um I was around 15 and 14 15 and it, it kind of helped me because, like, at that point in time, I was, I wasn't, like, introverted, but I am a very shy person. But, like, the way mm-hmm. I used to interact with people, like, I'm, I, people would say I was standoffish and rude. But, like, i the kind of person, I'm very fine standing in a corner at a party, like, having, enjoying my own thoughts. Or I can interact with people. Like, I can Preach. do both. But the character was, like, yes. she's, she's kind of the same way, too, where, like, her, her mannerisms was very, like, stiff, and she spoke, like, she was very matter-of-fact, like, she spoke when she had, when she wanted to speak, and she said what she had to, to say, and for some reason, I, I related to that, to Dorothy a lot, and, and, mm-hmm. like, so I really like that character, but I like the fact that it was different, it, to me, it was a different, it was a different anime from what I was accustomed to seeing, and, Oh yeah, for, for sure. sure. It was really different, and but I love that. I love that anime so much, and I'm like, I can't believe you know about. See, we're yes, buddies. I love. You're probably it. like the only third person uh, I've ever met who knows who ever saw Big O. <laughs> oh my god, that's just a shame because Big O is just a, it's a masterpiece. Like, I love when I can just like look at the background of an anime. And I kind of get lost yes, in it. Yes, there's so many details. It was so well done. Like, the cityscape scenes was, like, detailed. Like, all mm-hmm. these little buildings and everything. Uh, yeah. I love that cartoon. Yes. It's so damn good. Beautiful. <sighs> I love it. Let's see if find it online. <laughs> we can... I'm going to help you find it. Um, but, yeah. So, that's my, that ends our read corner. Yes. And let's go ahead and move on to the watch. So, what TV have you watched? Um, so... Uh, I during because I was busy with um, Tiff in the beginning of the month I didn't really get much but mm-hmm. I was watching Killjoys and it, season 4 ended last week and I was a mess yes. because the writers did a bang up job for the season and it's kind of a bittersweet thing because 
Um, it has one more season, five, season five, because it was one of those shows that sci-fi, not mm-hmm. sci-fi, space was going to cut. And, um, well, it's space in Canada and sci-fi in the States. And because Dark Matter had got cut, they were, and they canceled Expanse, which eventually got picked up by Amazon due to fan outcry and, 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 um, and fans saying that you can't cancel Expanse. And they were going to cancel Killjoys. But again, the fans were like, you can't cancel Killjoys. If you cancel all these two shows, like, you will literally have nothing for people to watch. Like, there weren't many mm-hmm. other shows that people that got... Like a lot of um, viewership. The only other show that shows that gets a lot of viewership is um, Wayono Earp, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, but they so we got so they were like, okay, we're gonna give you two C. We're gonna give you a season four, season five, definite. So do what you got need to do in those in those two remaining seasons. So this season, um, a lot happened. Like there's a lot of plot development, which I really love, and the characters were were really. I think because we, I know like season five is gonna be last. Like I, I got more emotional with scenes with um the actors, and there were a couple deaths, and I was like, no. Why? Um, but I love the show. It's one of the, I think it's one of the best um, sci-fi shows done in like the last decade. And the um, the creator Michelle Avrata, she she did a fantastic work, a fantastic job creating this world, this 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 galaxy mm-hmm. of um, where. And I was speaking to the to a couple of the cast members where I got to interview them, where um, things like sex and race and sexual orientation don't matter, right? But there's other issues like class and like wow. classism and poverty and stuff. So, like you know, we always have the mm-hmm. poor with us that kind of stuff. So like, there are issues and there are there are disparities with societal disparities, but things like race and sexuality don't matter, and um, and. I think what they, the writers did this season is they 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 know and they and they understand how the fans feel, so they made sure to give us something to like really hold on to. And um, mm-hmm. the main characters, um, Dutch, played by Hannah John Cameron, which was, who's who's in who plays Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp. She does an amazing job of playing these two characters. There's Dutch, the main character, and then there's this other character named Anila. So, like, Dutch was created from Anila, right? So, Anila created Dutch out of this thing called The Green. And I think Hannah John Kamen deserves a freaking award for the way she plays these two characters because literally in one scene, she'll switch from, from Dutch to Anila. And it's not a split personality, but, like, the way how they frame it, so, like, you have Dutch and Anila facing each other. And, you know, in one scene, like... Um, was it some? I can't remember. Something happened, and Dutch went. She went down as Dutch and woke up as Anila. And the way she does it, it was like, yo, this is so. This is brilliant acting because like her, she changed like her minute facial features and the way she moves her body and her voice are so distinct in the characters. And I think she does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, it's one of the things I love about the show. Like Hannah John Cameron is like amazing she's she's like super amazing and um but like wow. i love the show um the costumes are amazing the set design is great the storytelling is fantastic the, the characters i love the characters and i can't believe it's over so i know when it comes back for season five it'll be the end and i will be devastated Aww. yes i can't believe it it'll be okay <laughs> i say that knowing i i know <laughs> i try <laughs> 
Just trying to make you feel better, friend. Yeah, but no, I love the show. I love it a lot. Yes, and yeah, I will try to start it before it ends. I'm, I swear. I th- I'm not I sure if it's av- it might be available on Netflix. At least maybe the first three seasons. It's it's really really good. I would recommend it for anyone who loves sci-fi and like great world building. Like they 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 did fantastic world building and the storytelling. Like there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff from the previous seasons that play that play off into the like in season four there's like little things that happen in season one and season two you're like oh this thing happened and then it doesn't matter but then it happens in season four you're like oh wait you know what i mean so it's like it all ties in and i love when those little things gotcha. happen and that happens in um the expanse too where there's payoff for small scenes that have like okay. big payoffs in like future episodes so i love i love when that kind of stuff happens in like tv shows hmm Nice. I'm gonna keep that in mind. I, I and I love sci-fi things. I just have to stop this terrible behavior of rewatching things I've already been watching enough times. Like looking at you, Kim's convenience. I, I am going I to, to binge season <laughs> I two. I've been waiting to binge season two because. Do hey, it. Listen, I've been waiting to binge that and Terrace House. So I started Terrace House. I watched like the first the first season of Terrace House. I watched mm-hmm. like the first three four episodes, and I'm waiting to binge um, Kim's Convenience this week. I have like a couple more reviews I I want to write for um, Tiff, um, but I I want to sit down and give my time to Kim's Convenience because it deserves it. Yes, treat yourself. Treat Talk myself. about self care. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It is. Oh my god, I just love it so much, and I can't stop rewatching it because all I can think about is like, why can't I find a man like Jung? I'm just I'm it's saying. Like, geez, like Lord, where's oh, ours? Like, come on, what's universe? Where's our where's ours? Like, <laughs> because look, what's her name is playing around. I, I would have like, okay, no, we're not playing these. Will they? Won't they? Games. Get to not the point. Get, like, either do it or don't. I like listen. Right. Because the way season one ended oh. up is like. Will they? I think they will. And I'm thinking it's Suzanne too. Mm-hmm. They do, right? You know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying shit. Tell me. I'm not saying shit. Like, you can't spoil me because of the <laughs> listeners. But you know who I'm talking about. SMJ, right? Mm-hmm. They do, right? They yes. do? Um, they, they kiss. That all? Oh. Well, okay, so here's my problem. You know what? Here, here's a spoiler, y'all. If you don't want to listen to spoilers about Kim's Convenience Season 2, skip ahead a minute so look girl they kiss jung finally like kisses her tells her how he feels and everything but sharon god bless her that sweet angel (laughs) she is like no i'm still with alejandro i'm like girl fuck alejandro Alejandro, look, it was different one episode. Move on, tell him. And like, you can see, tell. Like, it was nice. Exactly. It was nice meeting you, nice meeting you, nice meeting with you, but goodbye. Like what? Like, and you can tell from this kiss that like she wants you. She been thirsting after that guy for a minute. One, what the hell? Come on, Shay. Right, right, exactly. And I admit, before so then, I was not a fan of her because like she was super awkward and she used to say some things. I'd be like, girl control yourself yeah but then she grew on me mm-hmm. and i think that's all part to the actress right yeah. like the, the character oh, did sure. not she really think the character sharon in the first two episodes of season one i'm like mm, child but i'm like you know mm. what i want them to hook up like you have grown on me you have earned my liking you you have earned us to ship this exactly. ship now, now you've ruined it 
Now you ruined it. <laughs> so that happens, and Jung like tells her like, "Oh no, we can be." She's like, "Oh, this is inappropriate. We can't do this. I, like, I don't want to ruin our work relationship." And I'm also with Alejandro. And he's like, "Well, no, no, no. You can break up with Alejandro because I got a new job." And she's like, "What? You're leaving?" And that like sends her like that like spirals down. And I'm just like, "Oh, y'all should have played this so many different ways." Like. <sighs> Damn it. Yeah. He's like, you. Sh- he should have, in my opinion, he should have said, I'll find another job. <laughs> like, that, I'm oh, just saying. That he was looking for another job before he kissed her. Oy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. drama, you know what? And I'm drama. Just, we need some kind of drama. drama. It, all can't be all, it all can't be sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> I know. True. I'm going to leave it there because other stuff happened after that. And... Huh. I, but he, my ass been in United States gotta wait like what three months after the season is done in Canada oh, I, so I'm a little really? mad Carolyn oh, that's, that's good because usually we have to wait like I haven't seen HBO I haven't um, seen Insecure as yet and the, the final episode is airing this week so mm. um, really? I, yeah like I don't have HBO and I have to wait till it streams so I have to wait till the streams I, have I, I listen I'm looking forward to seeing Alex Hodge okay thirst the thirst mm-hmm. is real um, uh, I just I need Netflix and Kim's Convenience to make a deal. Um, can we please get the simulcast hookup? If y'all are listening, um, Simu, if you're listening, sir, please help a sister out. <laughs> help a sister out. I can't do this. I can't wait, and I can't deal with my Canadian folks, my Canadian fam on Twitter gonna be talking about it, and I can't. No, it's not fair. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, you're no, not. not. <laughs> oh my god! And you admit to it. Oh, I love you though. Anyways, now that we've gone down a Kim's convenience rabbit hole, and you still cackling, this is fair. Because <laughs> usually I'm, I'm usually I'm in the usually I'm, the, I'm in your position where I'm like everyone is talking about stuff happening on TV. I'm like I don't know what you guys are talking about, but. I do oh. the same. But yeah, because it's starting in January 2019. People, if you're listening, look up for Kim's Comedies on, CB, on CBC. Yes. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to season three. I'm looking forward to binging season two. And I will be binging probably again before it before it starts. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's it for... Wait, and also I've been watching like K-dramas. Like, you guys know I watch my K-dramas. So I'll be listening to K-dramas. Yes. Um, I was watching one... There's one called um, The Ghost Detective. That this is one of the few that mm. I've been watching weekly. Usually I like to binge. All, I used to like, I like to wait till they're all the episodes up and then binge. But this one is like super good. And this one is like this guy. He's a ghost. I'm like, how the hell is this shit gonna work out in the end? Because it has me. I'm like, what is happening? How is this gonna work out? How will they be? Because you know all these K dramas. There's usually <laughs> some kind of romantic component, and there is in one. But I'm like, how? Like how? Mm-hmm. How? How is? How? That's all I need to know. So I'm like, how? <laughs> waiting anticipation in the end because I need to know how they're gonna start this one out. I am intrigued, interested, and my, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fascinated by it all. Because okay. I'm like ghost love. That sounds good. Ghost love. <laughs> what? All right. Well, I'm gonna have to find out how that happens too because I'm like, what? girl, I'm like, I don't know how they're gonna end it. It's a kind of a will they, won't they, can they kind of situation. Oh my God. <laughs> And you know what? I hate the trope of will they want. I hate and love it. 
I just it, it depends on how uh, it's done. There's some where it's like, oh, this is annoying, and then there's others where you're you're, yes. you're waiting with bated breath for it to pan out. It depends on how it's written and how it's done. If it's done well, like you don't mind oh, it, yeah. but if it's um, and I find K dramas no, are why. very good at doing the mm-hmm. good will they won't they kind of situation. Oh, for but sure. Some of them mm-hmm. are annoying. There was another one I was watching, 20th Century Boy and Girl. I don't know what they call it, Boy and Girl, because they were all men and women. But it was like, by mm-hmm. episode 19, I'm like, dude, just confess your freaking feelings. What's all of this? And there wasn't right. no kissing. I'm like, why is, why is there, See, why have they yet to kiss? That is why, <laughs> that is why I quit, I rage quit Bones because of that when uh, they want they shit. For five seasons, I loyally watched it. I'm, I'm, Nisha, this is going to be Nisha's rant corner for a minute. I loyally watched that shit for five seasons. Five damn seasons. But y'all can't give me the fucking satisfaction of see, of a scene where they confess their love for each other, like, for real, and they get together. No. What they do, they kick off season six with Bones pregnant with Booth's baby. And I'm like, what the fuck is this happen? <laughs> no, I was so pissed when that happened. I was like, I can't even get a confession of love. I can't even get some kind of closure. Y'all just gonna skip to her being pregnant. Why? <laughs> Fuck you, Fox. <laughs> Forever. I will never get over that. I'm just, I'm so mad still. Five seasons, Carolyn. Listen, you mentioning that. So, okay, listeners, excuse us, but this is another rant corner. Like, you guys would. So, like, someone mentioned, I was questioning this week, what's one show that lasted one season that you wish hadn't ended? So, one of... Two were Pitch and Selfie. Now, Pitch. Now, we, we was just getting into Ginny and Mike, like, starting their issue. And, like, there's a there's a, there's a there's a reason why they can't day and they won't day kind of thing. Because, like, he's her um, her team captain and she's, like, his supporter. Understood. But then there's Selfie. Mm-hmm. Friggin' John Cho. And I'm like, this man. This, like, oh, my God. Just thinking about it. I'm like, John. John Cho. And, like, mm-hmm. And, uh, like the chemistry between him and the lead um and like they were literally like he was just like admitting to himself and to her like yo i got feelings and there's a scene where they kiss god damn it and i'm like uh, you're gonna click right here yep right there right here, and like, you fool's gonna cancel the show i'm like you 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 take it on my set see John Cho angst away from me. Uh, like, Karen, it's Karen Gillingham. I'm like, they had amazing chemistry. Like, how? How sweet? Why? No. I feel uh, be forever bitter about those two shows canceling. I, you know what? I need to go look up and see if there's any selfie um, fanfic. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, this is what a, I need to do. You know what fanfic does heal? Fanfic heals the soul. fiction to get us through these rough things because some of these networks, I don't know what they be doing and what they be thinking. Oh, no. I have, like, uh, girl, I went down a Rashon hole mm. one time, and I got irritated, because I was like, okay, so you you were not, whoever wrote this was not black, and they were trying to come off as black, and that pissed okay. me off. I, I read the ones like, by records I knew are black, so, like, one of my favorite ones is Fitola. I gotta find them. I will give you a list of some of the best. Oh, please do. I will do. give you a list. I don't care about the rating. I do not care about mm. the rating, so... That, that should let you know. Um, <laughs> but anyways, before I expose myself on here, um, I watched The Dragon Prince on Netflix. Yes, I've heard about this one. So, oh yeah, it is good. I loved it. Um, so quick synopsis of it. The magical land of Zadia. Magic comes from six primal sources, sun, moon, stars, sky, earth, and ocean. When humans, you know, we always got to fuck mm-hmm. up something, create a seventh kind of magic, dark of magic. Course. They start capturing and harvesting the unique magical creatures they need as ingredients, which sparks a war between Zadia and the human kingdoms. So then three kids 
from opposite sides of the conflict, two princes and one elven assassin who was sent to kill them discover a secret that could change everything and decide to join forces and go on an epic journey. A journey that could restore the peace for both their worlds. Okay. So. My interest is peace. Yes. Because I. Yes. If you enjoyed. No, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um. I was going to say, if you enjoy things like Tolkien, you know, Lord of the Rings, um, Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, or, you know, less bloody, but still violent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you enjoy Troll Hunter, that was another thing I suggested. Like, Arthurian legend kind of, think that. Like, think Arthurian legend kind of show. Um, you will enjoy this. Magical creatures, fantasy adventures different characters different arcs are going on i loved it i can't wait for season two because i binged and i have no self-control okay, but so it's a, it's it a is series. a solid first season yes yeah, oh, it was a film oh no no it's a series yeah sorry guys it's a series um and it is it's actually based off of a series of books okay so 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 question yeah. so like how long is each episode mm-hmm each episode, I would say, is 28 minutes. Okay. Oh, yeah. so that'd be good. Because we were thinking of doing it first um, Saturday Night Sci-Fi in October. So, I think, mm-hmm. like, the first few episodes, like, would be a good way, would be good to, like, dive tweet. Because I know you and Kate did it for Amber. Um, did you have to, right? Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. And I know I've seen a lot of people talking about it, but it looks interesting. But I was waiting to do it for the live tweet because I'd be like, let's see how it how this goes. But it looks interesting because um, mm-hmm. like I'm really well, now that everything has settled down, I'm trying to get back into my anime because I haven't mm-hmm. watched season six of um, Voltron, and I really want to get into it. Oh yeah, so yes, yeah, so. I've been taking that slowly. I've been taking that one slowly because you know I, I have a feeling that I I just need the emotional bandwidth mm. to get there. Yeah, so, so I want to, I want to, so I'll probably check those out. I'll definitely be checking out Dragon Prince for sure. Oh, yeah, I highly recommend it. I think you will really enjoy it. It's, I liked it. Um, diversity. Well, I'd say diversity because there's a li- the little boy is a black prince. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. yeah, so, so precious. And, you know, God bless this animation. I do enjoy it. It's not like the bad CGI animation that we've seen in some shows, like, I'm trying to think of something. You mean, like, like um, if anybody, like me, it, who um, babysits and... Full Metal Alchemist? Baby. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. No, because this one's animated. Yeah. This one's but animated. Some parts of it's Full Metal like, Alchemist that's animated, too, and it's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, no. Like, this is, like, 3D animation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, I, I, yeah, when you've seen, like, the 3D... When you've seen the 3D animation in Full Metal Alchemist, it's kind of like, Ugh, no. Um... I'll just I'll just say you guys give it a shot. If the, if the animation style isn't like what you're used to, I still encourage you to give it a go at it because I didn't think I would be into like this 3D animation style that's kind of new, at least to my eyes. But I think it is worth giving it a shot and see if you like okay, it. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Cool. And on to our last part of the watch corner. Um, what movies <laughs> did you watch? I know you watched a lot. Obviously, Miss <laughs> Tiff. I watched a lot. And um, yes. my I'm gonna talk about my favorite film at TIFF, which was Shadow. Mm-hmm. And literally yes. everyone that I met at TIFF, I was talking to about this film, but I don't care because I love this film. And it's by um, Zhang Yimou, and he is mm-hmm. the director of films such as House of Flying Tigers, Hero with um, Jet Li, um, 
Curse of the Golden Flower, one of my favorite films because it is gorgeous. I think it's one of the most beautiful films ever put to film to screen. And I think he did an amazing job with Shadow. And this film is brilliant. So basically what it is, it's about this this generous commander and he has two and there's these two warring factions. Well, they were warring, and they're not because they they came up. They they created a treaty between these two, these two cities. And the thing that happens is so there's the commander, and he does. I, I try not to spoil it because like the twist is really interesting. And there's these, and so the lead, which is played by Xiao. <coughs> Xiaodang, um, he plays two characters, Commander mm-hmm. and and Jing, and then there's the female lead. Um, she's his. She plays his wife, um, Madame, which is mm-hmm. played by Li Sun, and then there's the King of Pai, which is one of the cities, which is um, Ren Zhang, and hmm. so this film is utterly gorgeous and is done in the ink painting style of like of um in Chinese artistry. So you know you'll see like paintings that were done in like that. They're done it, it's used with one ink black ink. But there's like shades of black oh, yeah. and grey and, and white and you know. And he does it in the yeah. and, like he does the film the same way. So it looks like a literally like one giant mm. painting on the screen. So when you're like watching it, um when you're watching it, it looks like you're just watching this moving painting. And the only there's only very there's very little color. So the the color that comes through is in like the um the skin tone of the actors and then there's like hints of like red right but everything else is like shades of black gray and white and it's it's i think it's gorgeous and um the the character the the there's the 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 king which is played by ryan jung so when you see this when you first meet this character he seems like an egotistical arrogant immature petulant man child but then Mm -hmm. at the end you realize like oh he's not really though right and i think it was done so well because i I despise this character i'm like you annoy the living soul out of me and that was literally watching like dude you're so annoying like how could anyone like and even there's like characters like their his army generals and stuff and like his um his courtiers and they're like this guy is so exasperating this child and then but then something happens and you're like okay you know what you're you're not a complete idiot and i like that right i like when you have a character that's that can surprise you and mm-hmm. and then um the and one of the the thing that i love the most about this film though is madame's character played by lee sun and so the so we know in martial arts like everything is like usually very masculine there's like like and there you know so like it's like very it's about um your your physical using your physicality to like um not to like, intimidate your um, opponent right so it's about like i i can okay. beat you and whatever but then there's this whole thing mm-hmm. where he uses where the director um jang yimu because he wrote it too and he's like i'm gonna turn i'm gonna flip the switch the, the script and i'm gonna make her femininity the strongest characteristic of a fighter right mm. i and like okay i know some people and I've, i heard some people say that um um, that um, they thought it was like sexist. I don't think it was sexist. I think it was feminist because as women, mm. we're often told we, we people say, "Oh, use your femininity as a weapon," right? But 
Mm-hmm. And he did in this film, but it was very subtle and it was unexpected, right? And he used things that people would say, oh, this is feminine and it's not important. And it's just, this is just like a, um, the, like the weapon that the weapon that ultimately helps them to win is something that women use all the time, right? And it's an umbrella. Mm. But it's like particular, it's a Chinese parasol. So you know those paper parasols? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. so. He uses that, and he and and Lison teaches her, and she teaches. There's a character she I don't. I'm not gonna say what the character is, but she teaches this character how to use this. And like I, when I saw that on screen, I'm like, I have never seen anything like this on screen with a female character, because in um in a few of his other films, such as House of Fire and Dagger, like the people who are strongest in the film are women. And I find in a lot of his films, the women mm-hmm. are not only stronger, but they're smarter, they're more intuitive, and he uses his he uses the female characters to say this is what this is what being a woman is it's not about being weak because you know in a lot of those cultures like back in that back then women were seen as weak and they were seen as the weaker sex right but he turns it on his head and he's like no they're not like actually in this film in shadow like the strongest sex is a woman because she came up with this uh, fighting style she shows them this is how you can win this is how you can beat these people and i thought it was brilliant and and then there's this f- fight scene at the end. It's bonkers. I was literally sitting down on the end of my seat. Like, what the hell am I watching? I'm like, how <laughs> the hell did they do this? And it's one of the most crazy, it's one of the craziest fight scenes of fight choreographies and stunts I've, ever, I've seen like in years. And, um, wow. and but yeah, I love this film. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, the male lead, um, Xiao Dang, I think he's amazing. He's hot too. Let's be real. I'm not. I'm gonna be. I'm not. I'm gonna be shallow for a minute. But he was freaking hot. And like, like shallow. That's yes, true. I can tell you. There's some. There's a scene with him and the women in the audience were like, hmm. you were like, you're like, huh. I'm like, yes. Deep sighs and, and gasp in the house. But um, but he was great too. <laughs> and and I think he he's a really strong male lead. And. Mm-hmm. This the f- I'm I'm gonna do a review for it, but like I think the film is really well done. It's not gonna be like to everyone's taste, but if you like those um those martial art films like Hero and House of Flying Daggers and Crouching Tiger Hidden Ooh, Dragon, yes, you know what I mean. And it's it's what you would call an I wouldn't call it an epic <clears throat> because it's not like three plus hours long because that's generally what you call epic. Yeah, but um the way he he. How he handles the storyline and the characters and this and the action and the pacing. I think it's really well paced too. Um, really, mm-hmm. it, it's all a really well made film. I love it. I'm I can't wait to watch it again on screen because I think it's a film that deserves to be seen like in the, in the cinema because it's that gorgeous and it's that beautiful and mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of interplay in the name of the, um in the name Shadow like. There's there's two characters. One of the characters is a shadow, but then there's a lot of things that happen in the film where you're where you're like, um, oh, so this person is a shadow of another person, and then it's like all it's like all um, shades of gray. Like nothing is ever truly black and white, right? Which I think is one of the reasons he filmed uh, it in that stuff because like what you think is happening isn't really what you think is happening. Who you think is the person in charge isn't who you think is the person in charge. And and oh, mm-hmm. that happens another with another female character, which is with the king's sister, and she's the princess, mm-hmm. and and she's played by um, Xia Chang Guan, and her. I think she's a fantastic female um, character because she takes a situation that 
is meant to embarrass her and to subjugate her, like to be like um, the prince from the other side. He wanted to make her his concubine. She was like, ah, hell no, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So she owns her femininity and she, she owns her destiny. And she, and she does something which I think is amazing. And she's like, this is your, she's like, you're not going to turn me into something I don't want to be. She's like, you're not going to use my body against me. Right. And you're not going to use my body against my brother mm-hmm. or against my people. And, and, and even though what happens to her is sad, like I appreciate it because it's like you have a woman who's like claiming her destiny, and and I appreciate. And she's not strong. She's not like um, she's not weak. Like you know what I mean. And I really, I that's one of the things I really appreciated about Shadow. And all, basically, almost all the films that I really liked at TIFF this year had really strong female characters, and I really and I appreciated. I I think I appreciated. 99% of the films I saw. There was one film that was like, meh. But all of them, all, all the ones that I really liked and all the ones I saw had really strong female characters. And um, surprisingly, a number of them were directed by men, which I was really, which I thought was really interesting mm. in the fact that how they handled the female characters. So, um, so I just yeah. said, Shadow's my favorite film for Tiff. Um, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but nice. if you like certain that genre of film, it is definitely right up your alley. I am sold. Can't wait to find a way to watch it. Hopefully it'll come here. If not, I hope I can get it on Netflix or rent it. I hope so too. I'm, um, it got bought actually. It got bought. So it's going to get distributed. Oh, so I'm not sure if it'll have Yay. wide release. Um, but I'm hoping it does get wide release. Oh, I hope so. Because I would love to see I gotta it in I got to figure out ways to find... I, yeah. I got to find ways to find the limited releases. Because sometimes I feel like if it, if they just don't have the budget or if it's just not communicated, you know, marketed as widely. So I need to sign up somewhere for that listen, Yeah, listen. I'm I know telling you, if they need me to help promote this film, I mm-hmm. will do it. Like, whoever... I can't remember the company, but... Call me. And pay her. Text me. Tweet me. Mm-hmm. DM me. I and pay will. her. Pay me to promote this film. I will do it. Yes, that is right. Get your money, and I will go because you've already sold me on your like recap of it. So I'm down. Like I was literally on the edge of my seat for the third, the entire third. I was like. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to I, I should have applauded because I think at the end a lot of people were mm-hmm. like, what the hell just happened? Like everyone was like kind of stunned. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, it was the first yeah. thing I've ever seen But yeah. Oh my god. I just love I love movies like that. I love martial arts movies. But like just from like how you described it, especially when you get to see like the women are like very per- like they're there purposefully. Yes. And like they have like their roles and uh I yes, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh yeah, now it's my turn. So I watched Mayhem, starring Stephen Yeun. Yes, I wanted to see. That. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that yet. How is my? Yes, it is. It is. Wor- I I had to rent mm-hmm. it, but it is worth it. It is worth every penny. 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 Jesus, <laughs> help me. Um, it's worth every penny. Um, it was like three ninety nine mm-hmm. on iTunes. So very well, unless you have like the subscription to the Shutter. Um, then you can watch it on there because sh- that's who made it. Shutter I actually have in. a subscription um, to that that I got at um, SDCC. I haven't used it yet. I should because I'm paying for it. Oh, well, there you go. There's the first thing you can watch with it. Um, I might get the. I might try the trial because you know Halloween is here, so I want to watch spooky things. But oh, sorry. Synopsis: Derek Cho is having a very bad day after being wrongfully fired from his job. He discovers that his law firm's building is under quarantine for a mysterious and dangerous virus. Chaos erupts. 
throughout the office as the victims of the disease begin acting out their wildest impulses. Joining forces with a former client who has a grudge of her own, Derek savagely fights tooth and nail to get to the executives on the top floor and settle the score once and for all. Y'all, if you like violence <laughs> and you like action and you like Steven Yoon looking mm-hmm. hot and mm-hmm. sexy and in charge, mm-hmm. this Ooh. is for you. I'm just... Thanks. See, Carolyn's on board. So listen, um, all, you every, to, all you need to do is say Stephen Young. I'm so <laughs> Stephen Young. Um, everything oh. about this movie is perfection. I loved it. Um, first off, if you, I personally like, if you like Train to Busan, mm. I like. Think of it that way. It's like it, there's levels he has to go through to get to the top floor. So like again, it's kind of like how in Train to Busan they have to go through each cart to get to where they're going. I don't know what that's called. I'm sure there's a, well, a fancy Latin term or a film for, term for it. I don't know. But if somebody does, add us and let we me know. Just say it's leveling it up. Leveling <laughs> <laughs> it up. There we, we, it's like there we go. It's like the video game, right? Because there's a video game where it's like you're, you're achieving yeah. levels in a video game. Yes, yes. The only, oh, for sure. I like that. We're going to coin it. It's yours. We're going to call it leveling up. Um, <laughs> oh, great. But, okay. So, like I said, the movie is perfect. And I think I liked it the most is because like, you know how like you've been in an office setting and you have your coworkers and you and everyone has that one or three coworkers who work your last damn nerves. I've been there. And have you ever have you ever wanted to like just shove a floppy disk in Mm. their mouth or like no one uses those anymore. Let me think of another one. Just smack them in the back of the head with a binder. I don't know, but think ten times more worse in this movie because people are killing oh, folks. Because the because the virus just makes you act out your like darkest desires and impulses. Some people just having sex on counters. Some people killing people. People are freaking out. It's it gets nuts very quickly, like nuts. So they're like trapped in the building because they're quarantined. He just gets fired wrongfully. I'm not gonna give away what happened there, but you know people hating on him and. So the only thing that I would have changed, so there's this black woman in the movie and her and Steven Yoon's character, they don't get along at all. Like they are very competitive with yeah. one another. Now, the woman who is like the counterpart that he partners up with, she cool and all. But you know how people say like hate and love? Mm-hmm. Like there's a thin line between hate and love. I kind of wanted there to be a love scene between the the two oh, of them. Oh, an angry sex scene. The black. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I wanted that because I was just like, I see the chemistry mm-hmm. here. I see it building up and I see this tension. Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm just saying it could have gone either way. There was a part in the movie. I'm like, this could go either way. And I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But obviously I didn't. They didn't kill each oh. other. Um, I'll let y- y'all can find out what happens with them. But I was just kind of like I was looking at them on screen. And like I could really see y'all just like, you know, having an angry sex right now. And that's fine. That is completely fine. <laughs> You know, sometimes that is the best. Sometimes those are the best scenes. Mhm. I'm just like, just get out that tension. Just get work out your shit <laughs> on the floor. Work it out <laughs> on oh. the floor without your clothes on. <laughs> you know, just saying. Just if you, if they ever wanted to reshoot that scene, that's the only scene. But other stuff, I'm gonna be appropriate now. Um, yeah, it's funny. It is dark humor. Um, it's really good time. It's action packed. It's like it. I felt like it just flew by. Like it's definitely under two hours, which I think is perfect that way. It doesn't have to be dragged out or anything. But yes, please watch it. Go enjoy it. Treat yourselves. This 
spooky season is upon us go treat yourselves to it yeah i will definitely be watching it because um i did i it came out last year and i did want to watch it last year and i do have the subscription and i should be putting it to use like why am i paying this money and i'm not using it it's a waste of money carolyn you can do better do it treat yourself carolyn you'll enjoy it i will it. especially since i've seen um Simeon Yuan in um burning uh his character mm, in burning i've not seen like, that yet someone give this man a thriller Make oh, him yes. I a mean, cop. No, do I want it to be a cop? I want it to be an infest. You know what? Give him a badass lead character in a thriller. Like he, like what he did in Burning. Like he's this creepy, weird, silent, mm-hmm. off-putting character. And it's like Stephen. We need you in more rooms mm-hmm. like this. Like. I want him in more things, period. And, like, this goes for, like, how... What was it? We were talking about Crazy Rich Asians. Like, I just want all those leading men to be in more things. And I want more of our, like, like, more women of characters. um, Women of characters. (laughs) Women of color characters to be matched with them. Like, I just need... It mm-hmm. all. Like, I want Yateed Backy and Henry Golding. I want Steven Yoon and Rosario <sighs> Dawson. I want Gina Torres. Oh, what's his name? It's losing. Damn it. John Cho. There it is. Oh, there oh. it is. Maze. Mm. I, I just gave, I gave three ship couples that we can have. And I mean, I got more. Maze. Mm. All of them. Maze. Yep. Every last one of them. Huh. But yeah, and that concludes what we watched. Um, I did want to like add one more thing. This is like kind of impromptu, but since we both like trained mm. Busan, and I, I'm sure you've heard the news, which I, I'm ready to like fight Hollywood. Um, they trying to remake it. Listen, with American girl, actors. Listen to me. Listen. I, okay. Now, anyone who follows my Twitter feed, anyone that I talk to knows how much I love this film. Like, it's in my top 10. Probably mm-hmm. top five films of all time. Like, I love this freaking movie. Yes. Gone You is Bay. Um, mm. How dare they? Like, just leave this film the alone. Audacity. The audacity. Just, just leave the it cock-cassity. alone. I wouldn't even say a cockassity because... Um, mm-hmm. Um, not true we don't know who's gonna be casted yet but i just have a, i have a feeling in my bones they're gonna, put they a gonna whole, cast they're gonna, matt damon put a whole white cast and probably the token asian character like no first and first the film the is not one, even two full years one. old yet like it came out in 2016 people it's only 2018 and it's not even over like no leave the film alone it is perfect the mm-hmm. way it is i think it's a perfect zombie flip it, zombie film the characters are amazing mm-hmm. the actors have done an amazing job like the zombies, yes. I think these are some of the best zombies ever on screen, on film. Like, props to the actors oh, and yeah. the stunts who did yes. these zombie stunts. Like, amazing. Like, you need, if you mm-hmm. want to make a train to Busan, remake, you need you need um, a train going to Busan. You need, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need Gong Yu. You need, um, you need all the actors who were in it. Um, in other words, no, leave the train to Busan alone. Because, first at first, I, I made a thread about this, but... North American remakes of Asian films or films from foreign films never do well. Never. I have they no. Don't. And I look. One of them is The Departed. So The Departed, a lot of people know and some don't, is based on a Korean drama, right? And um, I mm. think the Korean drama is still better. I refuse to watch the. My sister watched The Departed, the American remake, and she still prefers the Asian, the um, original Asian films. 
I refuse to watch it because I'm like, no, why do you have to keep doing it? And they're doing it now with Train to Busan, and they're also trying to do it with The Raid. Now, The Raid 1 and 2 are two are also two of some of my favorite best, my favorite films. Um, and mm-hmm. North American remakes, especially of, Af- of Ashen films, are never, to me, of the same caliber. Um, and part of it has to do mm-hmm. with how action sequences are filmed. So, like, for fighting... Um, when it comes to fight styles, like I find American directors, especially if they don't have a foundation or understanding of martial arts, they film fight scenes very um, badly. And mm-hmm. um, and they don't do them like there's always all these quick edits and you like the fight you can't follow the fight scenes really well. There's always like shaky cam and all this kind of stuff and you can't follow the fights. Um, and there are very few I would say so the only ones that have been successful I think are the directors for John Wick and that's because they're stunt they're uh, fight choreographers themselves. And um, who else? And I would say um, Gareth Edwards, but he's he's Welsh and he did. Um, the raid. Now he did the raid films. Mm-hmm. Now he has he he does fight fight choreography as as well, and he like studied um, like martial arts and that kind of stuff. So like he has an understanding of how to film. But they need to say from Trade to Busan, it is perfect the way it is. It does not need a North American remake. Yep. It's not. It's like I'm tired of all these remakes, and there it's one of all these. They're doing remakes of all these shows and all these films that do not need to be made. There's. All, there's, I'm sure there's thousands of scripts right there waiting to for um waiting to be um greenlit and to be produced. But these studios keep going to like wells that have already been dipped in and like like stop using. Mm-hmm. First of all, stop trying to remake. If you want to make an action film, how about doing it? And I do one inspired by, right? And like, there's nothing wrong with doing films inspired by because a lot of films that have been made are inspired by other films. Right, but you don't need to do a remake mm-hmm. of something that has that is already great and that's something that fans already love. And um, mm-hmm. and as people mentioned on Twitter, like part of the problem is like these people think that oh they don't want to watch foreign films because people are afraid to read subtitles. Uh, no, show them like re-release it in North American theaters and let people watch them watch the freaking subtitles. Like it's not that hard. Like when really when, like when these shows are shown in um, in foreign in like Asia and all those kind of stuff, they have to re-watch them with subtitles or um you know like. Why? Why is it? Why? Why for yeah. North American audiences do you have to like, um, like say? Well, instead of like re-releasing it, I'm gonna remake it. Like, no, this lazy is played out. It's dumb. Leave it alone. It's exhausting. Just re-release it and just market it and let people like it's. I think um, America and like as you said, North America, like we've been saying, North America really lacks. And I, I, I will speak to America more a little bit on this. It's just like we don't get a lot of foreign films marketed to mm-hmm. us. Because they always want to remake them, or they peep, or I, they just assume that people won't go to them. I actually enjoy foreign films. Like I enjoy going to see them. I like, like I like when I can find them on Netflix and I can enjoy them. But it's like if I knew a movie like Train to Busan was coming out in theaters, I would definitely go and support it. But it's not. But they won't do a wide release in the U.S. Because they assume that people don't want to sit down and watch it. It's, it's ridiculous. So like, like, if other countries have to do it yeah. for North America, why can't North America do it for other countries? Like, why can't... Exactly. Like, we can do it too, y'all. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Go read the subtitles if you want to see it, rather than remaking this movie. Because I'm just saying, I feel it in my bones. If they remake it, they're going to get, like, Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson. I'm just... I'm throwing yeah, them out there, because why not? They, they would jump at it. But it's... Like, and I'm tired. There's been so many times when they do movies like this. Like, what's the one dancing movie that, like, people... I Like, I realized that it was originally made in Korea. Oh, um... Uh, it's about a dad who learns how to dance. 
dance yeah. with me yes and then like but then they remake it and j-lo's the dance yeah. instructor and the dad is that one handsome old looking man yes, who's all, and everything from the 90s the there it is you know who i'm talking about um but yeah and i'm just like oh there's just so many and there's probably hundreds of more movies like that that are like originally made in like a different country and then some Hollywood actor goes and sees it like, oh, you know what would be great if I just switch this actor with this person and we make oh. it in English. And then they're not even that good. Like, it's like, they're not. They <clears throat> flop because it's just like, oh, this isn't that good. But I think the context from Train to Busan would be lost if they tried to it make it an American version First thing first, it, it, it takes just, place on a bullet train. There are no bullet trains in North America. Like, right. They're going to put it on the uh, metro. Uh, like no like that shit don't make no sense so like what they're gonna be stopping at every stop no. and it's like ooh they're gonna be having to deal with like no the bullet train is worse because it builds with tension because you know they have a limited time to go where they're going and mm-hmm. they don't know what the hell is gonna happen at the end and because it's a non-stop exactly. it's not like, because the train is non-stop like there's this heightened tension of could it possibly crash like we don't know what's gonna happen at the end of the line mm-hmm. and then it's like and the train and because it's on a train it, the speed of the train actually drives the tension and I think it drives the story because it keeps the story moving forward right because like it doesn't need to stop at, it stops at one station along the way and that was yep. a, and what happened there was like amazing like there's a, like some amazing stunts and um, sequences that happened there but apart from that Mm-hmm. it keeps going there's no stopping and starting and like no like just leave it alone please um, just train, leave it just alone just leave train to Busan and, alone yes uh, yes cause it's perfection and with that that concludes another episode of so here's what happened mm-hmm. thanks again guys for joining us as always you can find me on twitter at la underscore n-e-y underscore s-h-a mm-hmm. that is lanisha and, and I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie, CNH12. And I'm always on Twitter again. And so tweet me up, send me, send me film recommendations. Um, I also have mm-hmm. a live tweet that I do every Saturday night um, that I co host called Saturday Night Sci Fi. And this last Saturday yep. night, we watched A Wrinkle in Time. And for the first Saturday in October, we'll be live tweeting Spider Man 3. So that's going to be fun. And also, mm. I'd like to announce there's um, going to be a comic launch there's for a comic called Scorpio. And it's the Kickstarter will be yes. starting in November the 16th. And it's it's going to be like the cast is like the characters are going to be diverse. Like the main character is um, Asian American and his name is Daniel Shim. And then the main female character... Mm is Naomi Miles and she's um she's a black woman and it's really interesting and we're going to include some more information on it in the, um, the show notes in the blog so look up for that as well and um, great the hashtag for it's Scorpio Comics so you can look that up on Twitter as well to get more info but we'll provide links and info and um, just yeah like chat to Lanisha and I on Twitter we're always on Twitter talking about film and TV and random stuff and thirsting so you know yes <laughs> always they're thirsting always <laughs> always <laughs> that, got, that last always is creepy I'm sorry <laughs> alright let's, let's get out of here alright bye guys thanks again bye <laughs>